Welcome back to the joy of aquatics. Now, today I'm so excited because I have just had a wonderful conversation with a wonderful lady called Julia Wood. Now, we have talked about adult swimming. We've talked about her study with Deakin University on intensives and weekly lessons and how that has implications for swimming lessons in the industry and also school swimming. We have also talked about how to keep parents happy, which has been super interesting because Julia has presented on this before in uh, at, at conferences and it is something that she has tried for a very long time to figure out how to do and she thinks she's got the hang of it. So I'm going to stop talking. Here she is, Julia Wood. All right, with me right now is the amazing Miss Julia Wood, or I guess it's probably Mrs. Julia Wood, is it? It is, it's Mrs., yes. Oh, Mrs. Do the kids call you Mrs. Wood? No, they just call me Jules, babe. They just call you Jules, babe. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. All right, come on, give us a quick recap. Who are you? Where'd you come from? You've got a funny accent. Okay, so I come from England, trained in the UK back in the late 80s, came over to Oz in 2000, um, got a job working at a school, so I'm a a qualified PE teacher, got a job in a school as the swim person over here, first of all, started doing some presenting for Oswim, taught a heap of aqua, um, went through basically, you know, childbirth, had kids and, and all of that and come, have come out the other side and now manage a program down in Mornington, well on the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria. So we have about 3,000 children, 700 classes a week and a team of about 50 people. That is one huge oh. facility. Okay, now you've told me that you hate teaching infants but you love teaching it. adults. Um, the adults was pretty much what got me into my swim teaching journey. I used to spend a lot of time at the pool. I'm, I'm not a swimmer. I've never been a competitive swimmer. I've only had eight swimming, eight official swimming lessons in my life. That was a school intensive program. But when I used to go swimming, I'd see these adults sort of splashing about in the water, unable to do very much. And I thought, gosh, that's really sad. Why can't they swim? And so that set me on a path of wanting to be able to help adults and here I am now. So that led me to basically leave my current job, go to uni, retrain and yeah, get into the field of sun teaching. And here you are, down under. Yes. Way down <laughs> I under <know>. too. <laughs> That's right, way down under, yes. Yeah. yeah. But All right, so do you teach a lot of adults now? Are you in the water teaching um, anymore? No, I currently don't don't teach a lot of adults. When I was at uni, you know, some years ago, I, I spent a lot of time with adults and a lot of time prior to coming out to us. Um, and I did a, you know, my whole dissertation on on teaching adults. And at the time in England, the the group of adults couldn't swim who were sixty plus. They all hadn't had swimming lessons as children because of the polio outbreak, which was after the Second World War, in pools in England. So there was this whole generation of adults that couldn't swim. And the last adult that I taught, one-on-one, I've taught some adults since, but the last one-on-one lady I taught, her first lesson with me was in the changing room. She wouldn't come out of the changing room, so I had to go and get her a cup of coffee. And we sat in the changing room and talked. And then for two years, I taught her once a week, one-on-one. And wow. by the time I left, yeah, by the time I left for Australia, she could swim laps. Not a brilliant swimmer, but could swim laps. And I've been here 20 years. And funnily enough, today, 
I have just had an email from her. We, we're still pen pals. So wow. we've been talking, yeah, for all the time. So she must be probably late 70s now. Um, she would have started yeah, in her late 50s. And here we are all that time later. Teaching her really gave me an understanding of, you know, what it is to go through being a, a beginner swimmer. Yeah. And to face your fears and to, to actually get through it. Yes. So I like the challenge. I like the challenge of the adults. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh. Okay, now you have done an amazing study. Yes. Um, with yes. Deakin University. Tell us about that study. Um, so what happened was we read a report that was released by Life in Victoria called the Sink or Swim Report. And I think that came out in 2013. Um, I don't have the, the date in front of me, but 2013, and, it, and in there it talked about a stat of around 30% of children leaving primary school unable to swim 50 metres. So that's by the time they're 12, or 11, 12, 13. With that in mind, we thought, you know what, it would be great if we could test the children in our area in Frankston to see whether they could do it. And here at Park, we have a vision that every child in Frankston can swim. So we tested about 500 children um, at our cost, brought them all into the centre, did all the testing, and we found out that, you know what, the study was absolutely right. There was about 30% of kids who couldn't swim. So from there, what we wanted to do was find the best mode of swimming lesson delivery that would enable skill retention. And we looked at whether that would be children doing intensive lessons via a, a school program, as in a primary school program, um, children who do weekly lessons, children who do a combination of school and weekly lessons, and those children who do nothing at all. So we did that over, um, well, we started in 2018. We, we unfortunately had a pool closure, but we, we completed it. Sorry, we started in 2017, and we then had the whole year of 2018, and we just released the results earlier this year. Wow, okay, so what did you find? What's the best way to what deliver did... lessons? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked that question. It's Look, it's not as simple as we first thought. So our first anecdotal thoughts were, well, an intensive program is obviously the way to go. It's fast progression. There's no, no issue with this, and, and that's the way to go. But interestingly, it turned out that an, in, an intensive program, whatever age and whatever stage of learning, absolutely has benefits. Children show improvement in their swimming from day one to day five, not a drama. But we then found that the children in the foundation stages, so the beginning levels, if they did an intensive program, we then called them back a year later to reassess and retest their skills, and they've regressed quite considerably. Whereas the children who were in the improver groups, when they came back to be retested, they hadn't regressed as much. They'd regressed a little, but they hadn't regressed as much. Um, and that was really quite interesting to us. So it, it made us think, well, oh, hang on a minute. You know, these these foundation swimmers, we, we know they can't swim. So are we wasting our money giving them an intensive program early on? And I liken it to children when they learn to ride a bicycle for the first time. When, they, when you put the child on the bike for the first time, they can't master the balance. They fall off. They graze their knees. They might give it another go. Um, but until they've actually mastered that balance, they're still a beginner. They could pick it up, you know, a year later and they'd still be at the same stage. But once they've learned how to ride a bike or mastered the balance, they can then build on those skills. They never go back to being a beginner again. So you, yeah. you never forget. So that was that was really interesting. Um, we also found out that uh, parents don't really value the finer technical details of swimming. What they value is their children being able to be safer around the water, being able to tread water, 
um, being uh, conscious of water safety and being able to save themselves. Mm-hmm. We we learnt that um, children who do weekly lessons are predominantly from higher so- socioeconomic areas, more more disposable income to to give to swimming. Yeah. Um, and what else did we find out? Um, with those children who did intensive lessons backed up by weekly lessons, those were the ones that actually progressed the most. Um, in addition, there's many centres that have a progression guarantee in Australia, or you know, and certainly around, and we do here too. Um, we now know that there's no point in having that progression guarantee in the early levels because it's really uh, age dependent, and um, well, sort of depending on where they're at in their cognitive, social, psychomotor, and physical development. So, for your child, your child might progress within 10 weeks up one level. My child might take 47 weeks to progress up that one level. Yeah. It just depends where they are. So, it's it's really not right to say, well, we guarantee you'll have a progression in 30 weeks. We can do that, but we'd need to add another 27 levels to our program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah not fun <laughs> no not fun at all no we don't need to do that T- no, too many classes to program <laughs> yeah not the greatest way to run a business <laughs> no no not at all um i'm just trying to think if was there anything else i'm just looking um at the results here um yeah no, i think i've told you everything there but it, it well essentially that during that developmental phase and the very beginning <clears throat> frequent instruction and regular practice is needed to actually make them make them consolidate the skills and make them really um to kind of consolidate yeah consolidate those skills that they're learning yeah it's funny we've just had a a school come and do swimming lessons with us this year and they Uh have moved from a once a week across sort of six to eight Uh weeks of the school term to okay everyone in grade one and two is coming in for five days this week yeah next week we're going to bring in all the grade threes the next week we're going to bring in all the grade fours and I think it's worked out for them quite well logistically Um, Mm. and it's great because we can see improvements in the water in those school swimming kids like drastically but Mm. I am concerned as to what this does for the kids long term so I'm interested to see what would happen if I actually passed on the study um, to the school what would they do how what what how does this have implications across school swimming very interesting you know we've talked about it and I guess the ideal solution um, if a a school is fixed on an intensive program and and here at our centre because of the numbers that we have and the numbers of children and schools that we have to fit in we are unable to offer a school to come in once a week over 40 weeks we, we just couldn't program it mm. so what we're planning on doing the next phase of our research for so for this upcoming year the final stages of nutting it out is we're going to try and look at a cohort of grade three students that are in a lower socioeconomic area within the within the uh, city of Frankston and and we're going to put them through an intensive program but we're also going to pay for them to do weekly one-on-one uh, not sorry not one-on-one weekly lessons um, to the through to the end of the year and then we're going to see what a difference that makes to their swimming ability um, and the reason for choosing the grade threes is that 
after that study, there's potential to then take them further when they're in grade four, five and six yes. to see what we can do. And and here in Victoria, we've got the Victorian Water Safety Certificate, which is aimed at children at grade four level. I'm not sure if there's anything in, in the other states, but we're finding a lot of children are not able to, to reach that, that stage just on a one week program, you know, each year. So if some parents think that yes. if their children do a program, you know, one one program, by the time they leave school, they'll be able to swim, which um, sadly we find is not the case. Yeah, and it's very frustrating as a swim school owner and as a swimming teacher to hear that the kids are being pulled out because, oh, look, they start school swimming next year, so yes. know, we're just going to run with that. And it's like, no, uh, no, well, we, we... everything. There's so much more to it. <laughs> That, that's right and we and I say and we say we're all programmed to say this message to the parents that if your children do have school swimming that's an excellent opportunity to consolidate not only if they are in weekly lessons to consolidate what they're doing but it's a different a different learning outcome they're actually learning to be with their peers on a bus they're learning to dress themselves they're learning to pick up their belongings they're learning to look after themselves swimming almost becomes a byproduct if they're doing weekly lessons already there's yeah. so many other things that they learn and you know the parent also that says well my child's in weekly lessons i'm not going to send them to school swimming they're, they're missing out they're, they're missing yeah. out not just on the swimming but they're missing out on the learnings that happen just with their peers they never get to see their peers in bathers or in a pool or you know have fun if they don't they don't That's go right. so there is a, a fun element to it as well as the swimming and we know children learn through fun and enjoyment too yeah yeah no awesome now i met you at the state conference where you were talking about keeping parents happy what Uh, are your top tips for swimming teachers to help keep parents happy don't let them talk to the parents (laughs) (laughs) don't let the kids talk to the parents or the teachers don't let the teachers talk to the parents (laughs) okay being serious at our centre, we have deck supervisors who are around. So they're a bit of a barrier, if you like, between the teacher and the parent. Um, we we think that the teachers are recruited for their skills to teach swimming to children. And they're not always the best communicators. Some are, don't, don't get me wrong. Um, but to keep the parents happy, the best way to do it is to keep them informed. Keep, yeah. keep communicating with them. Keep them informed about everything that's going on. Uh, and I think you'll be happy if you leave a parent without any form of communication for I don't know, six weeks, six months, they become very disgruntled. They want to know what's going on at, at every time. So whether that's email, whether that's verbal, whether that's parent-teacher, whether it's a parent parent information night, um, we can do that. But, you know, we, we tried giving them gimmicks um, to try and make them keep coming to swimming and to keep them engaged. And, and really that had no effect. What had the greatest effect was putting more people on the deck to look after the parents. Yeah, interesting. So Mm. um, now just tying that into your study that you've done with Deakin Uh University, did you learn Uh anything through the study that might help you keep parents happy? Um, I think what we've learned that we knew maybe anecdotally before is, sorry, the value that parents place more on the water safety aspects than on the technical swimming skills. And it's made us look in more depth at our program in readiness for next year. So where we might have focused, you know, particularly on the timing in breastfeeding, for example, and nine levels in the program, and that part comes in at level six. Well, is that really essential at that level? Would it be better 
to focus on, say, a longer period of treading water and more survival skills. And if the child then wants to go on and become the, the swimmer, or should I say if the parent wants the child to go on and, and become yeah. a more advanced swimmer, um, <laughs> then, then you can bring in those more technical aspects later on in the piece. So, so yes, it, it, it's led us to look at um, our program in more depth to, to keep the parents happy. They're, they're not so keen on the children learning their butterfly at the early stages. They don't really see the point. They want them to be able to tread water. And it seems that you know, the earlier the better. Yeah. Excellent. Julia, thank you so much for speaking with me today. I You're truly very appreciate thank your you. time. And thank you for the opportunity. So there you have it. A combination of weekly lessons with intensives is a great way for improvement, especially in those beginning phases. Julia has also told us that parents are valuing safety. Now that is something that we have known for a while. But when parents aren't turning up to water safety weeks, it says to us as an industry that we need to figure out a better way to incorporate safety into our swimming lessons. It shouldn't be something that we're doing just once a term. It's something that we need to be incorporating all the time. Now, a lot of us are doing that already. No big deal. Maybe, maybe uh, water safety weeks, are they a thing of the past? Who knows? Maybe that's for us to decide and figure out what are we going to do with our swim school. Parent satisfaction. What an interesting topic. How many ways can we keep our parents satisfied? How many ways can we continue to communicate with them? How many people have tried emails, social media, and sometimes they're still not happy? The best way I have found to communicate with parents, and Julia has just backed that up, is by actual face-to-face -face conversation. Julia has said she now has someone on deck trying to keep those parents happy and acting as a barrier from the teachers. However, if you don't have a staff member that can be your pool deck supervisor and be there to communicate with the teachers, sorry, <laughs> communicate with the parents, it is up to you as a teacher to go and have those conversations with your parents. That parent satisfaction actually comes back to you. So my challenge over the next couple of weeks is to go and talk to as many parents as you can and let them know how their kids are doing. Are they doing really well? Do they need improvement here? What can they work on when they go to the public pool outside of lessons? All of those things are going to help you keep your kids in the water over winter. Remember, this is about building relationships, not just with our swimmers, but with their parents as well. It's really, really important that when we're building these relationships, we're actually starting to balance all those expectations with all the different stakeholders. So my challenge, get out there, have a chat with your parents, talk to your swimmers and go and have fun swimming. That's it from me this week. Happy swimming. Happy swimming.